dodge that one. I recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Be on your best behavior, Wes. No kidding. I guess so. <laughs> Episode 36. Welcome, everybody, <gasps> to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Balderdash. Uh, Do you know what this episode is, Wes? Episode 36. It's a prime. It's a prime, like Optimus. Mm-hmm. Except um, smaller. <laughs> okay. Less less guns. Less guns. Less big guns. He has cool guns. We don't have cool guns. No, you know, I always liked uh, before they... they ch- <laughs> this is one of the things that bothered me about Transformers <laughs> was that uh, Megatron... Megatron, Megatron. Was, he turned himself into a gun. Mm-hmm. Like a handgun. And then yeah, why uh, would do that? And then when our culture uh got all like scared of handguns, uh they turned him into something else. What do, do you remember what they Are turned him sure? into? Yeah. No, he was like uh let's see. What did he do? No. He had Me- like a No, he had guns. He had lots of guns. No, but he turned into a gun. That was what he transformed into. And now Megatron is uh He's not a gun anymore. I forget what he turned into. I think turned him into something else. Are you sure? Uh-huh. I don't know. Let's see. Megatron abilities. Well, that's not helpful. <laughs> he has been known to fly. Training. More trained on blades, guns, <laughs> and rockets as the movie progressed. Oh, so you take me straight <clears throat> to the Donald Jackson. Who is it? Bay? Michael Bay? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did so, the movies let's see if i typed og megatron do you think that would do it no i doubt it would og megatron oh yeah it's all cartoons no he had a bazooka he didn't turn into a gun he had yeah he gun. did megatron oh. turns into and i'm just gonna leave a blank uh he's he's able to transform into a walther p38 oh there it is well that that's because he was a nazi he also is a Cybertronia tank resembling something. I forget what this is. There it is. That's stupid. And and the transformation not into a gun was way before like things went gun crazy. No, no. That's what I'm saying. That was his original thing know, is that he turned like, into a gun. But he's been like other things for a long time. Has he? I always remember Let's... him being a gun. And then as the years went on, they turned him into other things. I'm just I'm gonna go out on a limb here and suggest that there is a big gap between Megatron loving gun turning into Wes and now in your timeline <laughs> of following Transformer dichotomies. <clears throat> I've always liked guns. Just, every just I think almost every uh kid likes when they're playing games, so they every sticks a gun or a sword or something. But have you always liked Megatron? Yeah, I thought he was cool. I actually, I like actually no, I like Starscream better than Megatron. No, that guy's a. Never mind. I was going <laughs> to say a, a word. Never mind. No, you Never can mind. say it. I like Starscream. I liked uh, what's the guy that had uh, the the. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Ghetto Blasters? Yeah, you like Shockwave. Got, I, I know. I like Shockwave. When I got yeah. older, I was like Ghetto Blasters. And then you start thinking about it, like, why do they call them ghetto blasters? Oh, oh, okay. yeah, Sesame Street. <laughs> I see, ghetto blasters. Because it's, it's Sesame Street. No, oh bunch gosh. of yeah, it was all, all Sesame Street. Bunch of puppets live in the ghetto. Uh, in the so, ghetto. <laughs> so how you been? 
Uh, just living the dream every day. Well, That's good. dumb. I didn't mean that. I'm not living the dream. My wife isn't here, so so I'm living. It's not really a nightmare. It's more like a man. I wish I could just go back to sleep. Oh, so you're dreaming about having better dreams? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe this will help. Why don't we start with some beer? Yeah, let's drink. Yeah, let's uh, drink. <laughs> <laughs> beer, the problem of problem two and solution of all of life's problems. So, uh, cause of full, and solution to. There we go. Full disclosure, unrelated to the beer we're about to drink. Yeah. I do have moments um, where I choose not to drink because I know I want to drink because I'm feeling down. Yep. It does happen. Uh, on the regular and like one of the things that i really am worried about this is actually very relevant to our show today um is using alcohol as a crutch because i know at times i do yep and so and for a while i was like when i first moved here i was drinking every day yeah uh and more than i should and it concerned me because i didn't want it to become a habit i didn't want it to become something i leaned on every day and so i intentionally would not and in these moments it's almost like proving to myself that it's not a problem yeah. by choosing not to do it. Like I can choose not to, I want to, but the reason I want to is not because I like the way it tastes, which is typically why I drink. Uh, it would be because I just want the alcohol in that case. Like if, if, if I'm pouring vodka into a LaCroix, yeah. mm, that's a problem. <laughs> so, so that's not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I've been doing the same thing. I haven't, um, you know, I, I wait until either the podcast or if I'm with other people, um, just cause again, I, and I think we talk about this actually a lot on this podcast. We mm-hmm. just don't want things sneaking up. We're yep. very conscious that it's an, it's an easy thing to start. It's an easy habit to start having like a, a drink with dinner every night. So it's a dinner. And sometimes that's good because you're creating a ritual around it. Mm-hmm. But like last night, Dana went to bed early and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, uh, like I'm, I'm kind of bored. I'd like a drink. I don't want to sit here watching TV and drinking by myself. So mm-hmm. I called, uh, Max, the neighbor, cause he's in town. And I said, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. I was like, you want to hang out? He's like, sure. So I walked over there and, and, uh, had a drink with him and we just, uh, bullshitted. And then I went to bed and I was like, yay. Cause nice. you know, I just didn't want to, I don't want to start that. I don't want, I don't want yep. that to be a thing. So I get it, man. I, f- I do. I, f- I fully agree. Yep. And that's good that you're being well, conscious of that. Like maybe like 80%. I agree. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I mean, what's the 20% that definite. you don't agree about? Well, I, I have a commitment issue. Those of you that know me, Dearly, you know, like I only waited like 14 years to marry Helen. So <laughs> I just, I, I'm, I'm non-committal. If I say a hundred percent and then one day I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't speak in absolutes, Wes. Like I always almost sometimes do the thing. Yeah. It's okay. I don't Speaking, think people will hold you to that one. They might though. I mean, well, then they're shitty people because they can't even say that a hundred percent of the time. Eight, 60% of the time it works a hundred percent of the time. Yep. 20% of the time. That doesn't make sense. So what do you what are we uh, drinking tonight? Tonight we are drinking um Massachusetts finest. I don't know if that's true. Massive two uh, shits. Massive two shits. Uh Berkshire Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Crafters of fine ales and lagas. Lagas. This is their lost sailor IPA. Mm. Is this uh, one down by the harbor? No, actually um I was I don't think so. 
I don't actually know why. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Sailor. Who are we? Okay, here we go. Deerfield. We're South Deerfield, Massachusetts. So you look that up uh, while I read this thing. What am I supposed 19, to look up? South Deerfield, Massachusetts. Berkshire Brewing Company is New England's premier regional craft brewery. For the past 25 years, we've kept it simple, brewing our ales and lagers, fresh small batches. We keep it real. All our beers are unfiltered, unpasteurizing, contain no chemical additives. Fuck yeah. They didn't say that. Um, oh, and have. we've kept it creative, producing broad range of year-round and seasonal ales. Just good beers. Nice. So where is it? Deerfield. It's right next to the Yankee Candle store in that's, South Deerfield. That's a little on the nose. That's all I got, man. Uh, how do I? What do I? How do I? Maps. What am I? Like maps. No, I'm on maps. Are you on Google Maps? Uh, pff, Google Maps. Let's see. Oh, it's not even close to the coast. No. I was like, well, it's in the Berkshires. <clears throat> that makes sense. <laughs> those are those are that's like a a wooded hilly area oh. in western Massachusetts. It's next to north, the front, north of Springfield Frontier Community Access TV and Zach's Texas style barbecue. That's how they do all of their their advertising oh, through community TV. And the spirit shop. Shopay. Shopay? Shopay. Oh, like the, the <laughs> British shop. The English shop. way of saying it. Shop. I believe it's pronounced shop. So if you're over there at Berkshire, you can go over and get some uh, Texas-style barbecue at Zach's. And then yeah. uh, you can go down to the Deerfield Fly Shop. And then pick yourself up some bourbon on the way out. All right. right. Well, we're not drinking. This is the Lost Sailor APA, and it is alcohol-ish. Let's see. Uh, Well-rounded, well-balanced. Oh, I hope it's well-balanced. I love well-balanced APAs. Oh, foam alert. What does it say? It doesn't say. Here's a fun tidbit. Do you know that... Beers are not actually required to. We probably talked about this in the podcast before. They're not required to put alcohol content on their beers. Actually, I did not know that. That is not a law. That might be do. a new fun fact. Fun fact. They started doing it because of laws that required, they had like these weird alcohol laws that required al- uh, beers to be below a certain percent, like the 3 2 beers. Um, and so they were making different beers for those states. And they would actually have to label them or they would label them to be able to tell them apart. But there's actually no law that requires you to say the alcohol content on the beer. Oh, I like it. At least as far as I know, that's the way it used to be. They might've yeah. changed it because, you know, beer laws are stupid. But anyway, roast. All laws are stupid. Oh, it's got oh, very kind of not, not a floor. It's almost like, dare I say, it smells like a cologne. Soap. Smells like a cologne, and the color is uh, kind of amberish. Mm-hmm. Is yours cloudy? Mine's cloudy. Yeah, mine's a little cloudy too. Mm. Oh man, that is super good! Holy cow! Mm-hmm. It's very floral. Yeah, like it smells like putting your nose in like a, a big bunch of nondescript flowers. Wow, that is super yummy, man. Mm-hmm. So they actually, so a lot of beers will say they're balanced. This one actually is like, and when you say balance, like part of the art of making different styles of beer is balancing the bitterness and the hot flavor with the malt. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean like, it's just like, it sounds like if you have more of one, you need to add more of the other to balance it out. 
and to create the different beers. And so a really good balanced IPA, I think has nice malt flavor, but still you get all the, the hoppiness and the deliciousness and it. it's not just a hop bomb. I think hop bombs are gross sometimes. <clears throat> not that's always. A, that's a lot of West Coast IPAs to me, for me. Is yeah. there like hop bombs? Mm-hmm. Well, I like this one better. This is good. It's very drinkable. Yeah. This would this would be dangerous for me. No. It's got a lot of flavor. Show me. Well done, Massachusetts. Yeah. That's two in a row. Yeah. That's pretty good, man. All right. Berkshire Brewing. We'll have to take a trip out there and see what's up. That'd be fun. Well, uh since uh we have an IPA from the East Coast, we're gonna have a uh rye whiskey from the East Coast. Sagamore spirit. What now you got the same one. You just got the plain rye, right? Sazerac. Oh, I got a different one. I, I thought oh. you I thought you meant Sagamore. No, I said Sazerac. <clears throat> yeah, I'm illiterate. So uh <laughs> let's call an audible. Hold on. Let me oh. see what I got. Okay. And we're back. What'd you find? My thought was in the spirit of drinking the same thing, we can save the Sazerac. Okay. I'll bring some home. Okay. Um, I have the two bottles that you gave me. So we, we this might be a duplicate of before, which is okay. Cause That's at fine. some point yeah. we're going to duplicate. I can't read it though. Your handwriting looks like, uh, looks like what? Finish your sentence. Oh, heritage reserve. Okay. I think we did that one. Yeah, we did do that one. Um, and Oh, Sagamore rye. Oh dude. How amazing are we? Oh my gosh. <laughs> what the hell? That's uh Kismet. I totally forgot I did that. There we go. Nice. <laughs> That's perfect. Well done. Oopsie doodle. All right. Well, I'm gonna pour a little bit of mine. That's awesome. <laughs> <clears throat> that makes me happy. We're so dumb. Yeah, we're dumb. <laughs> I just want to drink the same thing as you. I know. Well, we're doing a review. Yeah, uh, I know. I do get feedback from people that they like our knowledge. Oh, we know some things about some stuff. Yeah, we do. Just a few things about a few stuff. Well, tell All me right, about man. it. Well, Sagamore yeah. Spirit Rye is Baltimore, Maryland, and it's their finest. Uh, they've won lots and lots of awards. They, um, they uh, let's see here. They're made from uh, two straight rye mash bills and proofed with limestone filtered water from a Sagamore Farm in Maryland. And, um, like I said, they've won tons of awards. Hold on here about us. They also have a club, so you can join a club. It's called Whiskey Thieves. And I wish more distilleries oh, like around fun. here would do that. Like I know Westland does it. Um, I'm not so sure when you say pursuit. club, like what does it do? what it what do they do? Is it like a like a wine club kind of thing where yeah. they send you a bottle every so often? Not a bottle, but they uh, you get discounts on events. um you get you get free tastings. Uh, if there's okay, a new special cool. release, you get first pick on the release to to basically buy it. Like uh, Heritage Distilling um, does that as well. So, yeah, so it's all That's Maryland cool. grown rye, and uh, they do that to help local farmers expand their businesses. I love it. Yeah, and so they're very much about community, and uh, you know they set out to be the world's best rye whiskey. Is kind of what they're whole thing is so they've earned more than 100 awards internationally including world's best rye whiskey in 2019 at the san francisco world spirits competition so that's no joke and uh, no joke 
And, no joke. And each bottle, it's why each bottle uh, is... Uh, so all the limestone filtered water comes from their spring house that's built in 1909, which is why every oh, bottle cool. bears a special 1909 marker. Mm. Guard dog said it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Google. <laughs> that is my hillbilly doorbell <laughs> letting me know that Dana's probably home. Mm-hmm. Nothing I can do Whis- about that. Oh, yeah. Love rye whiskey. Join us. Yeah. Whiskey thieves. Become a whiskey thief. Yeah. So I that's thought not bad. stealing was wrong. It doesn't, doesn't the Bible say that thou shalt not steal? <laughs> thieves. You know what a thief is when it comes to they- whiskey? Yeah, it's a big tube that you dip down there into the barrel go. to yeah. steal some to whiskey. Steal some it. whiskey out of it, yeah. So you can taste it. Or a it. wine thief, they use them in beer too. <clears throat> yeah. So, anyway, right out of the barrel and put it right in your mouth hole. <laughs> Anyways, this is a eighty-three proof. Um, it's a straight rye whiskey, batch Ooh. eleven BL, bottle number three nine four six that we're drinking out of. And, I like rye. Uh, I bet I'm going to enjoy this. I love rye, and actually, I really like this one too. This one's one of my favorites. So, cheers, man. Cheers. Oh, here, I'm going to do this. Mm. Mm. Ooh, that's nice. It smells really nice. It's a little hot on the nose. <laughs> I just splashed them in my eye. <laughs> so Is it a little dumb. hot in your eye? Yep. <clears throat> I know. I know. What a mess. That's pretty good. A lot of clove. I can taste some clove in there. And citrusy. There's like an oranginess mm-hmm. to it. I don't know if that's it's, just the it's beer. Really, or... It's really like <clears throat> kind of it's really smooth up front. Like it almost has a nice subtle nose and then when you take the first sip like it doesn't burn at all. Uh, and it takes a second for the flavors to actually show up. You know some of them are like immediately like oh the alcohol burn hits you and then you get some flavors and then you get to swallow. Like there's none of that upfront burn in this, which I find really interesting. Um, you do get the little bit of that rye bite though. Yeah. Which is yummy. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. It's tasty. Well, it's always the first sip. So when you, when we ever, we go to whiskey tastings at distilleries, the first sip is always hot in the mouth, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but the second sip is always the one you actually really start tasting mm-hmm. all the qualities of that whiskey. So because your mouth is now acclimated to it, all the it's kind of dulled because you've already hit it with something really mm-hmm. <clears throat> burny. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Burny. So. Super tasty. Yeah. Yum, so yum. this is this is delicious. And I can see why they won lots of awards. So mm-hmm. how much rye has to be in a rye for it to be defined as a rye? Uh I think it just has to be probably the second highest on the mash bill. Next corn. So that's a pretty low bar. Yeah. But honestly, Corn's I've never even, I mean, I I think I've researched it before and that's what the answer was, but I'm going to have to go beat my dog. Let's see. Well, this bottle I have doesn't say it, so I don't know. Oh my God. It's <laughs> not I checked. Um, here, let's see. I'll look it up real quick. Oh, someone's actually ringing my doorbell. Hold on. We're back. <laughs> a uh, lot's yeah. So it says rye whiskey is the fastest growing whiskey product in the United States. No, I don't want to enter my freaking darn it. Are you 21? 
To constitute a rye whiskey, the product must contain at least 51% rye in the mash bill. So that's how it is. And aged in new charred oak. Wait, must contain 51% rye? Is that what you said? Yeah. So more than corn. So, so it has to be, to be the primary. Rye. Yeah, it has to be the primary. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So 51% rye. That's funny because like in a, in a beer you can make rye beers but the proportion of rye that's in it is proportionally pretty low usually the the bulk of the grain is a two row or six row base malt like a mm-hmm. pale ale malt mm-hmm. and then you put a bunch of other stuff with it and since rye can have a pretty overpowering flavor especially in beer where you don't lose a lot of the flavor through the distilling process yeah um you, you kind of got to be uh careful with it because it can make a pretty harsh beer if you're not careful yeah still yummy though like very earthy and and delicious and unique i think they're great i think a lot of people think they're terrible no actually i love rye. i chattanooga whiskey uh i love their rye um oh i have another one over here where was that doesn't matter i'm not there so you can't drink it i know dang it dang it anyways i have other rice so so what's going on in your world wes tell me a thing uh, not a whole lot. Just uh, waiting for the snow here in Seattle, uh, which is, is it, not going to come anymore. So it's going to be rain mixed with snow, and that comes next Tuesday. Uh, it's going to be seventy-five degrees this weekend, and yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> I know in November. Yep. Yep. Weather. Well, one of the topics that we wanted to discuss um, tonight, because we, because um, we know that oftentimes that this show can be a little broy and. Uh, you know, just, you know, where it's, uh, kind of, if you're, if you don't know us, then it's kind of hard to relate to us in certain things. So we, we also want to provide, um, a little information, maybe something you'll find valuable and, and something that John and I discuss, uh, you know, sometimes. And, uh, one of the ideas that you had were habits. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking a lot about, um, like bad habits, <laughs> <laughs> well that's the first thing we go to but that yeah. habit doesn't initially have to be bad sometimes they're neutral sometimes <clears throat> they're good it's just they're all over the place there's just things that you do uh on the regular like it's just you know like a habit could be i get up and go for a walk every day it's yeah. one of my habits that's a good habit yeah unless that walk is to go murder hookers and then that's a bad habit <laughs> go on a walk to murder hookers is <laughs> evens out Context matters. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> no, but I mean, I guess so. Cause I, I push myself a lot to, cause there's a lot of days where I get off work and I don't want to work out with, uh, I just don't want to work out. And, mm-hmm. uh, but now that I'm working out with Nathan, I'm a little more motivated cause I know he's counting on me. And then mm-hmm. even when he can't work out with me, I'm, I still, I force myself to come down here and just, just start. And on the days that I'm forcing myself a 45 minute workout, with weights, just doing some weightlifting and stuff will turn into an hour just because I'm going slow. Cause I'm just, I'm not into it, but I'm forcing myself because I know. And, and I think working out is one of those things where you don't see the results right away. So it's hard to form a good habit because, you know, usually habits are something that, um, there's a, there's a reward. So there's a, like mm-hmm. a cue and then there's a reward and, and with, Working out, you know, the reward can often be that you did something hard and uh, and you lifted heavy and, and you feel good about yourself in that way. Uh, but also the results that you are hoping in your head that you'll see right away don't often happen. Uh, 
uh, for months or years. Mm -hmm. So, but you got to stick with it. And so you're hoping that one day that the result will be there. So you, I think you have to work really hard at that, especially if you're <clears throat> a middle-aged man like myself, <laughs> you know, who's uh, doing it in the middle of the afternoon or at three o'clock or four o'clock in the afternoon when, you know, you're not feeling your, your most awake or energized. So, yeah. Well, I think the point at which it becomes a habit though, like right now it's still something you're trying to do. It It's not quite a habit yet because it's not, it's not ingrained in your day to day that you just do it naturally. Like it's not a natural flow of your day. Like you even said it in the the days I don't want to do it. Whereas like with a habit, it's typically something that you get to the point where it's not a, it's not even I want to, or I don't want to, it is almost a need. Yeah. Like it just, it just is, uh, I woke up, I worked out, I went to work. It's yeah. just what you do on a day to day. But I'm trying to create it to be a habit. Which is great. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying you're doing it wrong, Wes. No, God, I know you're not. so sensitive. Oh, my God. I wasn't accusing you of anything. I, I was just... So angry. Okay. I'm angry. <laughs> I, believe, I believe in you, Wes. It's all that weightlifting. The roid rage. Yeah. I'm not taking any roids yet, so... Natural roids, Wes. Yeah, I'm all natty. Uh, That's a thing, right? I mean, maybe one day I'll do roids. I don't know. Why but, would you uh, do that? Why not? You get to a certain age, it's like, who the fuck cares? Let's just roid it up. Here we go. You and you and Barry Bonds. Yeah, me and Barry Bonds. I mean, he was hitting you, dingers all day long. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I've had uh, I've had addictions. Um, I think food's an addiction for me that I'm constantly thinking about. Like, I'm not just hungry; I'm addicted. Like that's something mm -hmm. I thought about even recently. Yeah, I go to my fridge and I open it up, and I'm like, I'm not actually hungry. And if you if you're <laughs> If you're honest with yourself, you go, so what the fuck am I doing? And mm -hmm. the first thing I think of is, well, I'm bored. But mm -hmm. I'm not actually looking bored. For something to do. But, I, but I'm not. I'm not actually bored. I'm addicted. Mm -hmm. Like, I so keep what, coming so back what do to you this. Do, what do you do to combat that? Because I know what I do. I do the same thing. Well, for me, it's, it's recognizing it. So I'll, like, talk to mm -hmm. myself like, you're doing it again. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be like, okay. And I just shut the fridge and I get a big, um, my big... Nalgene, is that what they call Nalgene? Nalgene, you know, 32 ounce thing of water. And I'll just fill that sucker up and I'll just chug it. And I'm not uh, sure this is correct, but I've always pronounced it Nalgene. Nalgene, I don't know. Could be. I don't know. That's Potato, what I, other people have told me what it is, but <clears throat> I don't know. Nalgene. Doesn't mean, I don't know. That doesn't mean they were right either. But so I uh, I do that and um, and just hope that uh, whatever that addiction is. And, and I, I used to do that before because I... I smoked for like 13 years, smoked cigarettes for 13 years. And mm -hmm. when I was quitting, it was the same thing. I was trying to find a, th if I recognized what I was doing, cause I, that was a serious habit. Um, I had to break that habit. And once I broke the chemical addiction, which was about three to four days is what the chemical addiction took. And that was rough. I felt sick. Uh, but after that, the habits, I had to break the habits. So my routines, so mm -hmm. I worked at Starbucks at the time. So you have a cup of coffee, have a cigarette. It's break time, have a cigarette. Chatting with friends, have a cigarette. Having a drink, have a cigarette. Uh, reading the newspaper, have a cigarette. Did you just finish a meal? Have a cigarette. So I, you begin to mm -hmm. your whole, every mundane task is rewarded with the, whatever the addiction is. Mm -hmm. So I had to change that. So on my breaks at Starbucks, I started uh, reading the Bible during my breaks, which I, I started being being called uh, 
Ned Flanders by my coworkers. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, and I, know. I, that's what I would say to them. And then when that episode came out where Homer was peeping on Ned Flanders and his dong was like 16 inches long, I was like, right. and he's ripped. Yeah, he's super ripped. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll take it. Yep, sign me up. Yeah, sign me up. Not for Ned. I don't want Ned Flanders. I don't. So, hey, don't um, judge. You do you, do you both. <laughs> so, anyways, I, uh, but then I had other things. I had to change other habits too. And um, I started running. Um, I missed out on things, you know, it's like a water cooler thing. If you're not hanging out the water cooler, then you miss information or gossip and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So I had to find other ways to like get gossip, you know, mm -hmm. or healthier ways, you know, so I had a buddy that I worked with at Starbucks and we'd go work out and we would talk while we were working out. Cause there was a, a gym at Starbucks, mm -hmm. um, at corporate offices. So I started trying to replace healthier things with the bad thing. And, so do you find uh, it helpful when uh, when they banned smoking indoors in Seattle? Well, that was before my time, so I had Is already it? quit before they banned indoors. Oh, uh, well, that's good. Oh no, 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 I don't no, know. no, no. When uh, did they ban it? No, no, I was still uh, yes. So I had been banned. I was talking about the twenty foot rule, I guess is what I mean. And bars, mm. you could still smoke in bars when I was smoking, mm. which was yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's a yeah. There's like there's something about it. I I. I used to smoke sometimes, like not a lot, but occasionally when I was drinking in bars, it just sounded good. Um, so, but that's why I ask. Like, it's a really easy thing to do. It's like, oh, I'm gonna have a a whiskey and a and a smoke, and I don't yeah. have to go outside. I'm hanging out with friends. It just feels very social. And yeah, well, and you know, there's times that I miss it. I miss smoking, but then I ask myself, like, what do you miss? <laughs> do you miss, uh, you know, not being able to breathe? Because uh, that was a problem. Uh, do you miss um, feeling gross? Do you miss your your the taste in your mouth always not being able to taste food? Like one of the one of the cool benefits of quitting smoking was like food tasted way better. Yeah, and now um, you have another vice. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, still better <laughs> as long as I don't go. What what's the quote from um, uh, from what's his name? Uh, the writer of Huck Finn, Mark Twain. Everything in moderation, including moderation. Uh, you know, so, I mean, you have to temper that. But uh, And mm -hmm. then I tried smoking after not smoking for, like, two months. And uh, I spent the whole night dry heaving in front of a toilet. Yeah. So nice. I was kind of like, oh, I'm done. And that was a great – that was a cool thing that happened to me because basically re by my body rejecting that and getting sick off of it, that really kind of sealed the deal. Like, I don't want to do this again. Yeah. Uh, but I miss it. And when I think about why I miss it, so I, I don't miss anything chemical, but I'm always thinking like, man, I remember just sitting back with friends or smoking cigarettes and drinking and stuff. And it's like, what did I miss? I guess I just missed sitting around drinking with my friends, you know, <laughs> but smoking just happened to be a part of it, honestly. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if, if I reroute my brain that way, it's like, well, I can still sit around and drink with my friends until that becomes a thing, which I hope it doesn't. So, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, so I had to, I had to think about those things. And so, and be thoughtful about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I used to smoke cigars too. I actually miss cigars. I would inhale those bitches. I didn't even care. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love the taste of a cigar, a cigar with like a, bourbon oh my god so it is good. nice i like I, I uh i like pipe tobacco better yeah we'd rather smoke that. a pipe than a cigar yeah we've talked about it's that just, it's nice you and me you should just go to the cabin just smoke pipe yeah but you don't you don't smoke anymore and i don't want you to 
No, I want just, you back on that wagon. I won't inhale. I'll get you one of those bubble pipes. Well, we can get <laughs> thanks, Popeye <laughs> corn pop. Uh, I can get uh, you know maybe we can get the um, wacky tobacco, the, wack, the wacky stuff. Yeah, the wacky stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. <laughs> that would be fun out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Did you see the size of that chicken? Yeah, yeah. Did you see that dog? <laughs> that'd be fun. Uh, I do. What about you? I have. I um. I know. I was thinking about this a lot, and I. Um, like I, I think about smoking as, as one that's pretty common and I don't think I ever developed a smoking habit, uh, for two reasons. Uh, one I'm cheap and I just was like, this is expensive. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want this is not something I want to spend my money on. And the other one was like, I didn't do it enough where I always had cigarettes around. And so the times when I would get cravings, especially when I was by myself, when I first moved to Seattle. It would be like, well, I really want a cigarette, but I have to walk like three blocks to the convenience store to get it. I'll just, I'll just, I'll eat some carrots or something else. Like I just, I just didn't because I was just too lazy to go to the to the store and get it. And it was super convenient, but it's still just too much, too much to go for that short walk. When laziness so never, works for you. Yeah. I never really developed that habit. And I think with a lot of habits, it's that way with me. Like I don't develop good habits very easily either because I'm super lazy. Um, but I do know like a lot of the ones, one of the big ones that, that for me, that's a problem is that because of the way we grew up and it's like, I think a lot of people our age were trained this way. It was like, you need to eat everything you took oh, on yeah. your plate. You have to finish, you have to it clear your plate. A clean plater. Yeah. And starving so th- kids in China. Yeah. That whole thing. And it's like, that's not a really healthy way. Like I get the point, like you don't want waste. That's fine. But you're not teaching it from the right side. You need yeah, to teach don't, it from yeah, don't take, take less. So much. Yeah, take you less. can have more if you want more, but take less and learn how to eat slower and eat uh-huh. right. But I always grew up eating fast and clearing my plate. And now, like for me, it's really hard for me to stop eating in the middle of a meal. Like, you know, like if I know that I have too much food on my plate, I will still eat it all. Yeah. And like, even if I'm done, if I make that choice, where I'm like, I'm done eating and push it away. I'll still pick at it. Like it has to go. Yeah. If it, if it's something like, chips or fries <laughs> yeah any pasta. like finger food type thing i just yeah if it's like pasta without sauce like a penne and there's just mm-hmm. like a bunch of noodles like if i make it here at home and it's just sitting in the colander after it's been mm-hmm. drained and like you know, i dish out oh, everybody and everything oh, is still man. sitting there i'll go over and i'll start picking at it and it's like oh, oh yeah but my dad did that too so i kind of learned he grazes yeah i i graze too and i kind of picked that up from it. him about that. Like when I make dinner, I, it, this is a, another challenge I have. It's like graze when I eat. And so when I make dinner and I plate us up, Helen and I, yeah. Uh, by the time I plate us up, I'm like, well, I'm not really even hungry, but I don't want to admit that the fat kid's been eating. I do that too. Times. I do that too. So I'll just eat anyway. Oh my God. I need to not just be honest. I just need to be honest about it. Like I've been better about it lately. Well, it's because you're conscious. cooking while you're hungry. Yeah. And well, it's like, as I get older, I'm more aware of it. And it's, it's, it's like the psychology of it. Like it's okay to admit that, you just ate the whole time you were cooking and yeah. you're hungry anymore. <laughs> like it, sure. There's a little bit of shame in it cause you have no self-control, but yeah. also there's a lot of understanding from the people you love. Like if I told Helen, like, I'm sorry, I ate all of these <laughs> servings while I, was, while I was making dinner for us. Here's your plate. But I'll sit with you. Cause honestly, at the end of the you, day, yeah. that's what they want. They just want you to exactly. want company. Exactly. So it's like just having the understanding and like having a, a partner that is yeah. willing to accept you for your nonsense. And I mean, honestly laugh at you for it because you're ridiculous, yeah. but 
well, Dana, still love you when it's over. Dana's good about that. Dana, uh, she's very disciplined. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's just being disciplined. And if you, if you didn't, if you weren't raised or if you, if you weren't encouraged to be disciplined in any way, then, you know, I think it's hard to have good habits, good habits. Mm -hmm. I think you mm -hmm. pick up a lot of bad ones, but if you're a disciplined person and I, that's what it takes to have good habits is, is to be disciplined mm -hmm. and to realize and to be conscious of what you're doing. I think that's mm -hmm. my personal opinion on that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was trying to think, I was thinking on it. I was trying to think if I have any really good habits and honestly, I don't think I do. Like they're all, they're all too sporadic to be considered habits. Like yeah. all the things that I do that are, that are good. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some emotional habits I have that I think are good. Like, um, like I tell Helen, I kiss Helen goodbye and tell her I love her yeah. every time, all the time. Yeah, like when, true. when, when she leaves and when she comes home, we always kiss hello and kiss goodbye. And I only, I call it a habit because I've noticed that there are couples that don't. Uh -huh. um, and it's not that it's wrong or right. It's just, to me, it's important. Yeah. Or, you know, and it's like one of our other habits as a couple that we've developed is we tell each other, we love <clears throat> each other and kiss each other good night every night. Yeah. No matter the circumstances. And I think that's important because even if you've had one of those nights, it's kind of a rough night where maybe you disagreed and like, I, we talked about this before this, like, don't go to bed angry. Well, that's horseshit because there are times when, if you were trying to really live by that, you would never go to bed. Cause it's sometimes the, the well, it disagreement happens. It is, happens. Yeah. they go longer than that. <clears throat> At, but like, I think it's more important to not go to bed with the other person, not knowing that you still love them. Yeah. Like that's the important part. Like when it, when I mean, it that might be what done, it is that, you know that they know that you still love them even though they yeah, might like, be angry you can still be upset we'll table this for another time when yep. we can actually talk about it maybe when heads are cooler or whatever that happens to be but but that's a habit that helen and i've gone into is no matter what there's always a, a kiss good night and tell each other that we love each other yep um and it's happened on nights that are not the most friendly of nights when we've had our, yeah. our disagreements yeah. but um i think what it also has led to is like outside of those times when we have a little bit of a, we don't really fight, not really, uh, but we do have our little disagreements, but I think it changes the dynamic of the disagreements where like we both, it's very short lived and it gets to a point where we're just kind of chuckling about it. Like we're, we're arguing about something silly or yeah. we're arguing and we don't need to be arguing. We should be discussing this. Or you're tired and it just comes yeah. off as, you know, like you're just cranky and you just, you know, I mean, you know, your emotions yeah. get in the way. It just it's like it happens. Why, you're human. Yeah. And being able to like call it out and be like, I don't understand yeah. why you're getting upset with me. And it's like, oh, well, I've had a long day and I'm sorry. Yep. And sometimes you have to say that. That's true. Mm -hmm. One of the habits that we do, we do the same thing. We kiss goodbye and we kiss before we go to bed at night. But we also, um, we pray before meals. And uh, how come you don't pray when, uh, when we're around? We do. Oh yeah, I guess you do, but not all the time. Well, we pray to ourselves. It's just because oh. it's not a thing you guys do, but you know, so we just doesn't, pray to doesn't ourselves. Doesn't bother us though. Okay, I mean, I just we if we we, we if you pray out loud or something like that, it, it can make people feel uncomfortable, and so okay. we we tend not to. But sure, we and pray. I get that. Yeah, I I love that respect for other people and the willingness to not 
need to enforce your ways on other people or the things that you believe or announce um, that but, I'm a Christian, you know, it's like, yeah. Hey, I'm a um, but on the, on the flip side, like if you're a true friend of somebody and that's something that they want to do, yeah, they should be allowed to do it without judgment from you. All right. So like Helen and I are that way. Like we, you know, my family prays, um, Tim and Amy, um, they'll pray, um, at times, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I think it's still that it's a similar dynamic where yeah. it's like you're never sure if we should or not. But we, um, it doesn't bother us one bit. Yeah, and we don't mind being respectful of it. That's true. Um, well, it, I've talked I, to people, I've talked to non-Christian, other non-Christians, and and they started not praying, but they give thanks because mm-hmm. they want to be thankful. So they have she found they found that if they take a moment before they eat and just say, you know, like we're really thankful for all this food and that we're able to eat and be around each other. And that's all they have to say. There's no amen or anything like that. Then you're just, you appreciate what's before you, not only the food, but the people that are before you. Yeah. And, and as a a Christian, when we give thanks, um, you know, we're giving thanks to God that he provides for us and that he provides not just uh, a material thing, but the people that are around us, and, and so that's, that's how we view it, but we're also thankful. And I think when you're thankful for a thing that changes your mindset too, as you know, this isn't just shit I shove in my face and, and people that I talk at, you know, mm-hmm. your, your mind changes. You're actually thankful. You're smiling at the person that's next to you because they're, they're here with you. Right. So you have company. I mean, you're not mm-hmm. alone and that's, that's a thankful thing. I think there's a good way to, you could accord. Now that I'm thinking about it, I actually love this idea where you can incorporate that into like dinner parties or having people over where maybe you don't make it. So like something we already do generally in our circles is we cheers a lot. Right. Yeah. So why couldn't you integrate a cheers into your, into the dinner? Like we all sit down at the table getting ready to eat. And it's like, I just, I want to say, I appreciate you. Thank you all for being here. I love you. This is, great that we're able to share this to break bread together and spend some time together. We're very fortunate to all know each other. Cheers. Cheers. And that's your amen. And like, and it's like not super uncomfortable, but also sort of gets to that point that you were talking about. It's like being thankful and reminding us that just because it's not Thanksgiving doesn't mean we shouldn't be. thankful. Our family did that uh, on Thanksgiving where everyone went around and said something they're thankful for. And I remember I like as a that. kid, we we're kind of like, Ugh. but I find it, I don't I like that it's it. forced. I don't, I don't like that. It, it feels, I don't know. To me, it's awkward. I, I, I don't think it's awkward. I think it's, I think it, it helps us stop and th- actually think about like, what is it that I'm thankful for? You know? So, and when you're surrounded by it- family and friends and, and good food and you have maybe, you know, maybe you're a little liquored up and stuff. I mean, there's a, a jovial dopamine thing that kind of happens there too. I mean, it's. I could see that, but I think I don't like it for the same reason I don't like Valentine's Day. Because it's like, why this one day? Why is it just today? Oh, why, I agree with that. I agree with that. Why shouldn't it be more? Why it's shouldn't it be ho- more of a holiday. habit than just now? Yeah. Like, and, I and that's I'm to not, your point. I'm, you know, if we have dinners and stuff like that, maybe we should start talking more thankful. I think we should. I think we should too. I think that's okay, a great cool. idea. I'm glad. Oh man, we agree. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, you hear what Bernie Sanders said? No. Just kidding. I didn't okay. hear anything either. Good that Lord. wasn't a good. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Did you hear Joe what AOC Biden said? 
Joe Biden's a robot. Yeah. Joe anyway, is a robot. Joe Rogan is a robot. That is true. Yeah, he might be. Uh, so, uh, so yes, yeah. So I being thankful be is a good often. habit. Like, yeah. I don't. I like. I don't. I these these traditions that we do like once a year. Mm-hmm. Like, if we value them enough for them to be traditions, why why aren't they? Why don't they happen more often? Well, that's why Dan and I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. We don't give cards to each other or anything of like that on Valentine's Day because we know. It's like if I'm doing this once a year and not every day, I'm failing. Mm-hmm. You know, and even being thankful at dinner, you know, if if I'm not thankful every day and I try to find something that I'm thankful for every day, mm-hmm. then, you know, why do I have to wait till one day to think about, oh, am I thankful? Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's those kind of things. I agree with you. I'm not a big holiday mm-hmm. fan. I actually don't like Christmas. Oh, I love Christmas. I don't like but Christmas. Not, not because of Christmas. I mean, I like what Christmas has become for us. That's what I love about Christmas. Yeah, but you guys have made something else, which is awesome. And that's what you're supposed to do. But I don't like Christmas for the materialism and the oh, I don't like know, that the either. stress of, oh, did I get something that they'll actually like? I mean, oh, fucking, that's, who that cares? stuff is nonsense. It is nonsense. Um, it should be fun and it should be loving and it should be inviting. It should be time for family and friends and yeah. people that you care about. Yes. Yeah. The gift giving. I, our family, um, I love the tradition that we like, we haven't done it in a few years, but we, we started, I come from a big family and buying everybody something is just stupid and nonsensical yeah. and you end up with a bunch of shit you didn't want anyway. So we started doing a secret Santa. So you just had one person yes, to shop that's for it. And yeah. then it, and then it was limited. Like it was like a $20 limit. Yep. And then the best part that came out of it was because my brother-in-law is a cop. He, and a, a new cop on the force, he had to always work on Christmas. So we do Christmas the week after. Yeah, which is even better, all the sales. Yeah, so like $20 goes a lot farther yeah, the day after does. Christmas yeah. than it does before Christmas. And so it was like, it almost became this like, yeah. this challenge to find like the best possible thing you could that was like way, worth way more than $20. Yeah. And then it became more about the thought of it and how do you put together this thing that's very specific to the person. It, it wasn't just go out, find something that's that price and bring it home. Yeah. It, it became much more of a... Uh, it was more meaningful, I think, because well, you had the dollar amount to keep everybody on the same playing field, all the same level, yeah. like, you know, just to make it simple and low sure. cost. It's yeah. not about the cost. It's yeah. about the doing something. And trying to be else. thoughtful of the person that you got with a limited amount of money, because yeah. then you really have to think about it. Right. And so mm-hmm. now you really have to think what is thoughtful and you could have mm-hmm. spent $20 on art supplies to make them a painting. From your heart, you know, or something like that. You could have done something for free and then put $20 on it. Yeah. Yeah. That happens too. Yeah. That's you true. Know, like, yeah. like I made you this driftwood sculpture <laughs> and here's $20. Here's 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> here's a $20 Starbucks gift card with $15 and 36 cents yeah. on it. Yeah. Cause I had a latte. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, do you know who Stephen Covey is? Uh, only in that you asked me if I knew who he was earlier. Okay. So he's uh seven habits of highly effective people. You remember that book? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Covey. Covey. Yeah. And he's had the Covey Franklin, like everyone. So when I was in corporate at Starbucks, uh, you got a day planner and it was the Covey Franklin day planner. And it was a way for you to organize your day and to hit like certain kind of, you know, objectives and stuff like that. And to plan your day. And uh, so anyways, I went through his seven habits and I thought we'd take a look at them and and, uh, yeah. just, and, and see what we can come up with. So number one is uh, be proactive. 
So you have reactive or proactive in which he explains that reactive is complaining about your circumstances or always, always uh, acting upon the things that are really out of your control. Where proactive people, they focus on things they can control. So it's not that they disregard things that they cannot control, but they realize I can't control that. So I'm going to only focus on those things that I can control. And that makes them more effective in that regard mm -hmm. as well. Well, it's, it's almost like, are you sitting around waiting for life to happen to mm -hmm. you or are you making life happen? Sure. Yeah. Like you're just making that choice to go get it. I think it's also an emotional logic thing. Like reactive people uh, tend to only decide to do something if there's an emotional response to it. Mm. What do you think about that? Do you, do you, do you think... If you think about the dichotomy of people out there, do you think people who react in, in anger or very emotionally, but I don't want to say react because that we're almost using a, a word for two different things, but like responds to a situation with a lot of emotion is that person that's being reactive instead of being proactive? Oftentimes. Yeah. Well, because like, if you're using your amygdala, which is your oh, nice. fight or flight. Big words. If your fight or flight part of your brain, then that is an emotional response. Your fight or flight is oh. never a, I can't say never. It's usually not a logical response. It's a mm -mm. fast acting initial response and it's based off whatever emotion that you're feeling at that moment. And, and so like I think I think our I think our news does this. I think our mainstream media news, I think our politicians use this in order to manipulate us is is that they use a reactive. They want us to react. And this has mm -hmm. been proven out by those guys that uh, oh, what's the name of that book? Um, and they also had like a little um, Netflix series too on it where they basically talked about how like social media, is popular because of the reactive um, mm -hmm. response people give to it. Like, so you'll only see news that makes you angry. Uh, that's mm -hmm. the one that gets the most clicks. So it's, it's affecting mm -hmm. your lizard brain um, essentially. Yeah. So, they want that emotional response that yeah. gets you to do more. And it, when you're angry, you'll do more. Yeah. And it's illogical often. Mm -hmm. It's illogical. Um, if you stopped and thought about what you're listening to, what you're thinking about, what you're reading, then you can start parsing out what is true and what is, you know, bullshit. So, well, and you, you also might still be upset by it, but it's like, it's that knee jerk reaction. That's the problem. It's, yeah. it's like being upset by something that's going on or something you don't like. That's not, that's not necessarily bad, but reacting to it in the moment without thinking about it, that's where you get yourself into trouble or that's what they're preying on is the, the expectation that you're going to click more and click again and just get more and more upset about it. Yeah. So take a deep breath, think about it, and you might still be upset. Yeah. There's a lot of things in this world to be upset by. I mean, yes and no. I but mean, like, don't let it, don't let it rule you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so instead of that being proactive, so start, um, he would suggest like start, start writing out things that, uh, you know, you're in control of like, write it out and, and then focus only on, on those things. Like, what do I, I can only, um, you know, I'm, I'm in control of myself. Like if I, if I can't say I'm in control of myself, then I have a real problem. Right. So 
I can control myself. I, I, I limit how much I drink. I work out, you know, those are things that are, um, I kiss my wife. That's intentional. These are intentional things that I do because I can control myself. And when I'm overreacting or when I have an emotional response, I can also control that too, in which I can tell myself, like, you need to chill out and you need to think about what's going on. So I think it always starts with being able to be proactive with ourselves. And then we can kind of go outward from there. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think a lot of people don't recognize is it recognize that they respond emotionally or they're doing things with an emotional basis until it's too late. Yeah. And they don't admit it. People don't like to admit that they get emotional about things because it, it makes, it can make them look bad. It only makes them look bad because they're acting yeah. poorly. And that could be, that could be part of the problem with, you know, um, the technology that we have today. I, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe it was different, I don't know. I was an adult well, then, so but maybe it was different 40 is, years ago. <laughs> the biggest difference now is that we are allowed to act shitty without repercussions. Whereas if you had that same conversation that you're having on Twitter in a bar, that person would punch you in the mouth and you wouldn't like it. Or you're facing that person no, I agree. and there's an emotional yep. connection. They're humans. So there's still an emotional connection, but we're so disconnected. It's really easy to be shitty. Well, there's a risk. There's, it's a risk yeah. involved too. You might get punched in the face. And there's also, there's no outlet. There's no like, mm -hmm. so like if, if you see something you don't like, you respond with, fuck you, you're the worst. There's no immediate response to that to you. And yeah. that doesn't mean physically or somebody's threatening you. There's no, there's no, uh, social cues that are coming at you. That's like, oh, well maybe that was not cool. Cause a lot of times, if you think about it in terms of like a bar setting or like in a social setting and you're talking to somebody and you tell them to fuck off. It's not that person's response that necessarily tells you you just did something wrong. It's things in the peripheral where somebody's like, oh, fuck, or what the hell are you talking about? Like you get those cues from other people in real time to help you temper yourself. Yeah. We don't have that. Yeah. So now we're just trained to just get pissed and pissed and pissed and pissed with no repercussions. And then if I get banned from Twitter, well, now I'm going to be mad about that and I'm going to go join something else and I'm going to be mad about something else. And yeah. There's no, there's nothing to temper us anymore because yeah. we're so disconnected from people. Yep. Yeah. Isn't that funny? We're very connected yet we're disconnected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and That's I think deep. if you're, if I'm like, if I'm talking to you, like you and I have gotten in some, some fun arguments and, mm -hmm. um, but it's fun <laughs> because we know at the end of the day we're both full of shit. So it's like, it's cool. Yep. <laughs> um, but even then, you know, you temper yourself Well, how hot am I going to get about this? I really yeah. like this person. And so you think twice about like, instead of going like, well, fuck you, man. You know, you're just going to be <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. you know, there's many times where I'm like, you like start getting in on me and I'm like, and I just, uh, in my mind, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> this, this guy's going after me. And then I just think, I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, what am I fighting about? This is a thing I actually have. I don't really give a fuck. I'm just fighting a position because it's opposite of what he's arguing. <laughs> And so I'll just go, and so I'll just lean into that. I'll be like, no, man, but really it's, you know, the underwear gnomes, they come in and that's where all your fucking underwear goes. You know, you just lean into it because it, and just make it ridiculous. Cause, cause that's funner than getting mad. And I'd rather have a good time than be pissed off all the time. Oh, I know. Life's short. You know what they say, you know what they say, what do they say? But it's, be it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. Unless that's your kink. Number mm, two. 
uh, begin with the <laughs> begin with the end in mind. So first in your mind, then in reality. So think of how you want this to end, and then work backwards from there, knowing that uh, it'll probably change. But you have a roadmap at least, right? Mm-hmm. You have a plan with what you want in the end. Um, you might not know how you're going to get there, but you know how it, how it's, how you want it to end. And so you'll, if you have that focus, as you kind of weave through, through things, you know, that in the end, it's going to be this like, um, so, uh, there's a big, uh, window at our office building that, um, had cracked and I have been waiting months because it's a specific type of glass and it's a specific color of glass and it's, it's all this stuff. And because of all the supply chain stuff, it's, it's been months in the making. This happened in the summer it cracked. And now today they finally came with the glass and I've been very patient. It's out of my control. There's nothing I can do. I could badger these people. It doesn't matter. The lift comes today. The guys get there with the glass, they go up and the glass is the wrong size. <laughs> and and this this is honestly as a property manager this is the story of your life it actually mm-hmm. doesn't work out the way you want it to work out but the end in my mind is that this glass has to be replaced there's no ifs ands or buts about it so i talked to the guy and now he's saying oh we can have the we can have the glass on monday and i'm like the same color and everything and he's like oh yeah like the supply chain is all of a sudden opened up and instead <laughs> of waiting 4 months for a piece of glass i can now get it in 4 days and I'm like, do it. Yep. Go you for know. it. Let's do that. He's like, well, I'll be back Monday afternoon. I'm like, okay. Because all I fucking want is this glass to be fixed so my yeah, tenant can I be happy. There? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I can't control any of that. But hmm. but how I respond is is the only thing I can control. It's not this guy's fault. I could fucking yell at him. Like, why'd you guys order the fucking wrong glass? Didn't you come up here and measure it? I gave you all the dimensions of it. I told you what fucking color, what size of glass, which I did. But what, how, what, what's that going to do in the situation here? Have you ever called up a customer service rep and yelled at them or been mad at them? For no. It? No. Never. Even, even solicitors, when they call me, I go, not interested. Thank you. And I hang up. Nope. Thanks. Like people who get mad at customer service reps are just dumb because they're like generally bottom rung, make no decisions. They didn't set the policy. They're like reading from a script. They have very specific and limited things they can do. Yep. It's like you're getting mad at the wrong person. They're not the ones that did anything to you. And oftentimes the thing you're mad at has nothing to do with anything anybody did on purpose. No. Most of the time it's unintentional. So like just take a deep breath. Stop, you know, maybe get a regular haircut, not a Karen. Not a manager. Not the main what is not it? The, the manager, manager, the like the lopsided one. Yeah. Comes down. That's the Karen. Like, no, that's the manager. As oh, in, oh, I'm going to need to speak with your manager. Speak with the manager. Yeah, yeah, the manager. The manager. So, I anyway, that's a. I digress. I digress. Uh, but I, I ahead. do like this though. Like, with thinking about it with the end in mind, I like the commentary around it. Not necessarily ends up how you want it to end up. Yeah, it's like, in a tangible example when Helen and I decided to build our cabin that we have now, it wasn't ever meant to be a cabin. It was a storage shed and the shape of it was just a rectangle and the 
the upper area with the windows that was always there, but there was never going to be a loft in it. There may or may not have been a toilet planned. There's not going to be any walls. It, it really wasn't going to be powered. And now it's like a full on solar powered. It's got a composting yeah. toilet, yeah. everything cabin. So like it doesn't even smell. No, that's not that's not what it was ever meant to be. It was going to be a shed to keep our camping gear in. Yeah, it's but amazing. It. It's amazing how how little you can live in and be happy. I know it's only ten by twelve. It's I know, tiny. I know, uh, and we love it out there. But the I, the I guess the point is like, it ended up being way better than what we ever planned. But we did have a plan in mind, and yeah. we worked towards that plan. But we are willing to adjust as we got yeah. to benchmarks that we thought where we where we saw how it could be better. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. we just kept improving the whole time, and now instead of just a storage shed, we have a little cabin with a deck and all of these things. It's great. I miss going out there. It's been like two years since I've been out there. We're we're gonna go out right after Christmas if you want to come. Oh, I'd love to. I'll figure. We're not it out. gonna do. We're not gonna do anything. The whole plan is to go out and do nothing. Read, smoke fire, weed, and, and do snow bunnies. Yeah. Okay. Snow bunnies. <laughs> snow what? angels. I'll do my That's snow bunny. Yeah, you can do. Your and snow bunny. there's your weekly sex talk. Yeah. <laughs> For our listener. Uh, number three is putting first things first. So always keeping what's most important uh, in your moment, in the moment or in life. And to me, like it kind of goes with number two. So number two is my plan for living is that I live a long life with Dana Joe, And we have like, I want to be rich in, in friendships and I want to be rich in, in living um, money to me is just a uh, ends to those means. It's not, uh, it's not a big deal to me. If I had people around me, um, that I loved and I enjoyed spending time with, I would be happy. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't care what my money bracket is necessarily. And that kind of goes with number three is that what's most important to me, not jobs. Jobs are just ends to means it's people. Mm -hmm. And if I work with yeah. awesome people, I'm winning. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I get to come home. I get to do a podcast with you. I get to come home to mm -hmm. Dana. I get to kiss my kids. I get to, you know, I get to be around people. My, my parents, I get to still see them, my brother. I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm very rich. Um, mm -hmm. I think, and those are the most important things to me. We kind of talked a little bit about the money thing before we got started. And well, like I don't desire money because I want the status of having money. It, there's like, to me, there's a, a security in it that allows me to do more of these sorts of things. Like, I don't need the trips. I don't need fancy cars. I don't need, like, look at our, like, we have the resources to drive nice cars, and we just don't because we don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, we have a 2007 Toyota, hand-me-down Toyota Yaris. It still smells like the dog that used to live in it on a hot day. It got rain into in the middle of the night months ago. And we taped it back together and we still haven't got a, it needs to be fixed. We just haven't yet. And we're like, okay, it yeah, probably eh. needs an alignment and it's annoying, but that's eh, fine. We just like, those things don't matter. But to, like, I think for the, from the money standpoint, it would be nice to be able to, to be able to have the people around me all the time without the need to pay the bills or not to worry about where I'm going to be able to pay the bills from like all the time just to have that there so that we can sit around and do podcasts and make whiskey and work on wood stuff. And yeah, I mean, I agree with that, but and, you know, at the same time is how much does that really cost? 
you know, and, and some of that is how much are we in some kind of debt slavery that maybe we shouldn't have been and we need to get yeah, out of. That's true. So it's true. I think about those things as well. Yeah, for sure. I do. I did want to say like the years ago in, um, I think it was in a sales training. Uh, one of the bits of advice that somebody gave me was, uh, in these conversations where you're having with customers was, um, uh, always remember to keep the main thing, the main thing, Yep. you know, and it's like, the point is like, you're going to, people are going to try to sidetrack you and get you off on these side conversations all the time. And you're going to be off the point. So don't forget why you're there or what you're doing and make sure to focus on that and getting there. How do you get there? Instead of these other things that don't matter. Yep. And we do. I think that's when we get in most trouble is when we follow those little rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's hard for sure. You know, but if you're conscious of it, it's, it's, uh, it's easier to walk through those temptations. And number four Mm kind of goes along with that, which you're talking about, which is think win, win. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can win lose, in which you win and someone else has to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can lose lose, which everyone this just sounds like an episode of The Office. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just win, and you're just a winner, and it's just selfishness. It's all about you. That's uh, pretty boring. You could do a no deal where it's not a lose lose, but there's just no deal. Like you both go away with what you still have. You didn't lose anything in the process, but you didn't gain anything in the process, which also isn't awesome. Um, But win-win is an abundance mindset. Mm -hmm. So if I have, I give, everyone wins. This is a, you know who Mr. Beast is? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. No. You would love this guy. You should look up Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast, this guy gets tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars either donated to him or he makes it. And he gives it away. Like his whole thing is the money he gets, he gives. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And he'll make people in, in fun ways too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually on Joe Rogan's podcast, uh, I think last year. And uh, it was an odd podcast only because it's not the typical person he would have on. Uh, but his whole philosophy and everything is just, he's genuine. And he's been doing this for years and nathan actually was the one that told me about mr beast a long time ago and he has fun uh youtube so he's a he's an influencer if you will mm-hmm. and but he has great videos where he'll even take his thousands of dollars and like do something fun for everybody um he'll create a contest uh in order just in kind of an easy contest in order to give his money away uh or he'll see like if this if you guys can all donate to this one thing, then I'll chip in. Uh, okay. So like recently he met up with the rock and, uh, he did a uh, rock, paper, scissors with the rock. <laughs> and he told the rock, if I lose, I will donate a hundred thousand dollars to your charity. And rocks like, really? And he's like, yes. And so the rock goes, well, if I lose, I'll donate a hundred thousand dollars to your favorite charity. And Mr. Beast was like, let's do it. And so the rock won out mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, out of uh, three out of five and the rock won, and uh, no uh, Mr. Beast won. And so the rock had to donate a hundred thousand dollars in charity. And Mr. Beast uh, looked at the rock and goes, you know what? I'll match that. Where do you want it to go rock? And he goes, make a wish. And he's like, all right, $200,000 going to make a wish foundation. Love it. And just like that. And so yeah. I love that because everyone wins and that's kind of his whole mm-hmm. philosophy is, 
everyone wins. So if you donate to Mr. Beast, it's not going to Mr. Beast. It's mm-hmm. going to whatever philanthropy philanthropy thing that he's got going on. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I I like that about him. I I appreciate that. And I think that not a lot not enough people have learned that feeling of doing great things for other people and how valuable it is. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to have money to do nice things for people. Sometimes mm-hmm. your resources, your time or mm-hmm. your shoulder or your conversation. Sometimes it's helping somebody else build something or fix something or, yep. you know, picking up trash or, I mean, it's little things like this is not, not to toot my own horn. This is not, I'm not, you know, self-aggrandizing in this moment. This is, and this is a small, stupid thing, but this morning or this afternoon, as I was walking home, uh, I was waiting in an intersection to cross the crosswalk and clearly there had been an accident that yep. nobody cleaned up. And there was part of a bumper sitting in the middle of the road, uh, kind of just outside the, the crosswalk, but it's like, as I walked past it, I try, I almost ignored it. And I was like, mm, somebody might hit that. And while I don't know specifically who this is going to or is going to help, there's something very satisfying about knowing that I potentially prevented somebody from running into it or running over it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that felt good. <clears throat> I know it's stupid. No, it's And it not. seems small, but it's like the intention. And then it's like, I just drop it on the side of the road and walk away. Like yeah. it, I didn't, I don't need anyone to say anything, but like that feeling, I don't, I don't think people appreciate that enough. That feeling of, I know I did something that no one is ever going to thank me for And I feel good about it. Yeah. Don't let the right hand see, or don't let the left hand see what the right hand is doing. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, the right hand is touching my window (laughs) most of the time. I, I just think it's, it's like putting your, it's like putting the shopping cart away. For the, before the pers- horse, before the person, uh, for the person who has to go out and collect the shopping carts and not leaving it in a parking stall, mm-hmm. you piece of shit, just mm-hmm. walk your fat ass over to the shopping cart place where you have to put all the shopping carts when you're done and just put it there mm-hmm. instead of leaving it you in know, your spot. That's a funny one too. Cause you know what I hate is the people who are like, well, if I put it away, then that person wouldn't have a job. Oh, they ha- would have a job doing things that make your groceries less expensive. Yeah, I know. They wouldn't have to pay somebody to. They go would actually have carts. an easier they pay that job. Person to, yeah, it would, it would make be, it easier for people yeah. to get carts because that person has just to go one place and not all over the place. Yeah, don't be a fuckwad. Well, and this is, uh, and there's also a, a Christian thing that you kind of uh, touched on, and uh, it's also a no agenda thing, which is your time, treasure, and your talents. So it doesn't actually have to mean be money. It could be your time, like you said, or your talents. What are you good at that you can offer? And you're very good at that too, because you're very talented. You've helped me build my garage. Um, that didn't cost you any money, but it did cost you in time and, and your talent. And I really appreciated that. And that, that was a win-win. Time. You went, but you enjoyed it. I do. And I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. And now you can use it whenever you're home and mm-hmm. you want, and I get to use it whenever I want. And we both share in that. It's a thing we did. And that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. It, it feels good. It does. Number and five. Like, oh, go ahead. It's like the biggest thing too in in those, like we all have the things that we're good at or, you know, we can, we can leverage, but really the number one is that we got to spend time together and that's yeah. like, you could have done it. I mean, as, as much as you say you couldn't or you wouldn't, you could have done it by yourself. Yeah. And it, it would have taken you longer. It might've been a little different, whatever. That's irrelevant. You could have done it by yourself. But the big thing was that we got to spend time together. Yeah. That's true. And you know, the end result is great, 
but the biggest thing that came out of it was more time spent together. Like you could have spent all those hours by yourself and if you were by yourself doing it, those are hours that we wouldn't have been able to hang out because you were busy doing it by yourself. It's true. But instead we did something together. But even when you weren't around, I still called you for advice. I know. Well, I love it. Yeah. Uh, number five is also a, a, a big no agenda thing when it comes to MoFax with Adam Curry and that's seek first to understand and then to be understood. So being a empathetic listener. So if someone is talking to you about whatever situation they're going through or their life or whatever, listen emotionally, try to figure out what the, where this person's coming from first. And then when the opportunity is presented for you to give an opinion, then you can then seek to be understood yourself. Mm-hmm. So, well, when, we all have that bad habit of like, like I just did, um, <laughs> wanting to thinking about what we're going to say before the person's finished saying what they had to say. Yeah. In this situation, that's different, but you know, it is a little different when now, you're, when yes. your wife, when your wife is had a bad day and she, she just wants to vent, you know, the things that you get to say are, man, that really sucks. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. And by, by kind of confirming the thing that they also, you know, was a bad day and, and those things really did suck. They might ask you like, well, what do you think? And now you have an opportunity to, to give your opinion without mm-hmm. forcing your opinion upon them when all they usually want, like I do the same thing to Dana too. It's like, so Dana and I, over the last 30 years, we've, we figured out that we have to be intentional. So she'll come and say, listen, I don't want your opinion. I just need, I just need a vent. Will you listen? And I'll go, mm-hmm. yes. And I'll just you sit just there. need to say it out loud. And she'll say it. And I'll, and I'll go that I'm really sorry that happened to you. I really am. And then it'll be quiet for a while and she might like lay on me and I'll hold her. And then she goes, well, what do you think? Do you think I was wrong in this? And now I have an opportunity if I had any kind of thought to, to say it. And Mm -hmm. then, and, but, but I had to first make sure that she was understood and that I, that I would hear her. And so I would repeat back things to her as well. Like, and I think this is important for anybody in any kind of situation, if someone is venting to you, you know, if you're actively listening, you, you would say things like, like you'd repeat back to them, like, yeah, that really sucked that that person talked to you in that way. I don't mm-hmm. think that was right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it shows that you're actively listening and not thinking about the next thing you're going to say. <clears throat> and, and that, and that shows empathy. Mm-hmm. And then even if you thought they were wrong or in the wrong, you know, by being an empathetic leader, listener, excuse me, you will be able, you might have an opportunity to say why you think, well, maybe you can handle that situation differently. You don't know. Or Mm -hmm. you could even say like, well, I think if I was in your position, I might've done it like this, but I don't think what you did is wrong necessarily because I wasn't there, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but you still are able to, if you're, if you're smart enough in how to craft that kind of (laughs) conversation to, to be able to express your opinion without a, being accusatory, mm-hmm. like, like learning how not to say uh, you all the time, but maybe saying mm-hmm. I. So like, how would I handle it shows that you're putting yourself in their shoes. And that's an empathetic way of uh, speaking to somebody. Well, and I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong either with like, I probably would have handled it differently. Mm-hmm. That's not telling them they did it wrong. That's telling them that you would have done it differently and they might take it as they did. You you're accusing them of doing mm-hmm. it wrong but you never said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also in the way you say it, like your inflection matters. And that's yeah. like, well, I would have done it differently. 
Yeah. Versus like, Dumb I think woman. I would have, I, I probably would have done it differently, but I, I also wasn't in that moment. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. Like you said, just having that empathy to understand and not need to, like, I think we do this a lot as humans generally and really as men, like we have this need to fix yeah. everything and not everything needs to be fixed. Sometimes things yeah. are not broken. We just, do we just have this need to like jump in and be the savior because I don't know from an evolutionary standpoint, that's kind of what we always did. Like when our group was being attacked, we jumped in and yeah. protected yeah. We want to do that. And sometimes we just need to not to. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I agree with that. And I think also we, we find ourselves maybe being stronger or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. We want to do that, but we have to, yeah. But I think well, even I'm like, also looking at it from a, a not emotional standpoint. Yeah. Like, yeah, we have that luxury because we weren't a part of it. Yeah. We weren't there. So no, we're not heated yeah. and we're not like in the moment. We're not venting. We can think about it a little, think about it a little bit more logically. Yep, um, that's exactly right. Yeah, and I and I We've think that's taken- I think those are good things to understand in like our culture as well. So like uh, the most recent MoFax episode was about uh, Kanye and all the controversy surrounding around Kanye. It's called uh, Ye and They, and uh, they do a Mo does a very good job of like first trying to understand where Kanye is coming from and the controversy and then trying to kind of go back from there. Does that make sense? So like, mm-hmm. why is he doing this? Why is he saying this? Is he really being anti-Semitic um, or are we just labeling it anti-Semitic? Like, does he, does he have actual cause? Should he have done something different? You know, all those kind of things. But first, where is he coming from? Like what kind of person is, are we dealing with here first? And so it's empathetic listening and then, trying to understand exactly where it's all going and, and what the purpose of it all is for. So I think that's super important and for anything, for our politics, for the people that we're closest to. I think it's, I think it's an important thing to remember is to not be reactive, but rather understand them and then be understood if the, if the opportunity is presented. And there are sometimes when sometimes things are just bullshit. Yeah, that's true. It does happen, but yeah. not knee-jerk bullshit. You need to take a deep breath. Yep. Yeah. And understand that it's actually bullshit, or maybe it's just you that are full of shit. Yeah. And that happens often. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm totally wrong on that one. Number six is synergy. So celebrating different thinking. Uh, so it's like the old adage, two heads are better than one. You know, you have a viewpoint, and you can see this certain way, but adding more people to it... Uh, to take a look at a thing can present outside of the box opportunities to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you and I went through this when we were working on my garage, certain pieces didn't fit. We had to figure out how this is going to work, you know, so we had to talk it out, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I thought that was fun. That's part of the fun. You know, it might've taken a little longer, but we're going to figure this out. And Oh, if we just do this, Oh yeah, that'll work. You know? Mm -hmm. And, and, but being you and I working together would have been a lot better than just me sitting there going, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like what the hell, you know, <laughs> yeah, and then right. having to build it and then tear it apart and then build it, then tear it apart and then build it, <laughs> tear it apart. Yeah. <laughs> having someone else there that can go, Oh, well, why don't we just do this? Be like, yes, mm-hmm. thank you. That's mm-hmm. a great solution. Or 
point out the deficiencies in that solution. Yeah. Like, well, this is where it could go sideways. So this is how it might not work. Yeah. What if we did this alteration of whatever it was we were talking about? And, you know, how do we, how do we get to that end goal that we, we both see what we're trying to get to? How do yeah. we get there? Yeah. Yeah. And this happens I, to me at my job where like, I'll, I'll say something. I'm like, I'm trying to figure this out. And someone in, someone in my office goes, well, what if you did this? And I'm like, Oh, that's a great solution. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to go with that. Like, yeah, that's, that's a great, that's idea. a weight better. But if I had not said anything and just went with my shitty mm -hmm. solution, I probably would have made more trouble for myself. I do. Like, I don't, I don't think I talk about work too much on here. Um, and I did introduce the kids to the podcast. <laughs> I, I was going to say, that. you did refer them always to I, I did tell them that I do a podcast, but none of them have asked to listen to it. So that's probably <laughs> the best. <laughs> they didn't ask what the name of it was? I told them what the name of it, oh. but nobody followed up with like, oh, yeah, where can I find it? Oh, it's everywhere. And give us Bitcoin. Um, that's right. That. Give you us, uh, you can boost us. <laughs> you can send a boostagram on fountain.fm. I'm Just listening to it on there. By the way, that's good. Fountain. That's good. Uh, are you gaining? Are you collecting Satoshis then? Uh, I don't know. I haven't. Their their logo looks a bit like a scrotum. Yeah, it does. And like so, sperm. It's like sperm. And yeah. Scrum. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's Fountain FM. Or you can go to Podverse <laughs> and you can send us a boostagram through Podverse. Just hit the lightning button, um, and you can send us Satoshis. So I bring up work because this is kind of a common theme i think so i deal with a lot of it's it's like a sales job like i'm not in sales i'm not selling anybody we're all selling something and so i i work with suppliers and i have to convince them to do th certain things that are good for us as a business um but they're also good for them as a business and um the balance is like knowing how to handle people and having these hard conversations without it being personally and it, and it comes up a lot where certain suppliers for certain people are challenging and some are not. And I personally have a great relationship with my suppliers and I manage quite a few of them. Yeah. And I, I don't really, and I, I think this is mostly the benefit of me having a lot of years of experience dealing with people face to face. Um, and it's a combination of that and generally being a peacemaker as a, as a, uh, personality type. Um, I, don't like, I think my relationship with my suppliers is personal in that, like, I appreciate them as people and we do have hard business conversations and they're not always the easiest, but at the same time, I still care about them as human beings. And I think sometimes as, uh, as business connections, we lack the humanity in our conversations or we don't come at it from a human standpoint. Um, where it's like, you're allowed to be upset with me and that doesn't make you a difficult person for me. That just means you're upset about something and that's okay. And then, yeah. and there are a lot of times where I don't think we do enough of like, you're, you're being upset right now is justifiable. Yep. I get it. I understand it. I would be upset too. Yep. Like empathizing with them and then looking for a way to find a solution where you both win. Cause ultimately, especially in a role like this, ultimately when my suppliers sell more things, Wayfair sells more things. We both make more money. Yep. Win -win. That's the goal. Yep. We're in this together. We want the same thing. We're in this together. I mean, we kind of are. We're here to make We're billions. Billions, except Wayfair doesn't. We're, yeah. we're not doing 
great right now, but no one is, but the, but the point is, I think <laughs> Amazon I think went that, down 20%, man. I know. I think though people miss a lot of people that I work with because they haven't dealt with this enough. They miss that, that nuance yeah. of we're in this together and I'm not telling you anything that I don't believe is going to help you. I'm not spinning you a line of bullshit. Like these are, this is based on data or historical precedent or whatever it happens to be. And you know what, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. It's yeah. up to you. Um, but I'm still here for you to help you, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. And when you if, win, we win. Everyone's yeah. happy. And if you, if you fail and you're going down, I'll look for ways to help build you back up. Sure. This is not a one-off thing. This is a long-term relationship. Yep. I'm trying to help you. And if you don't want to take my advice, that's fine. You don't have to. And you might win without me. And if you do, great. Yep. And if you don't, then I that stinks, and let's figure out how to make it yep. so you win. Neener, neener, neener. I was right. You were wrong. Yeah, I don't like that. But I think <laughs> I think I think people sometimes miss that. It's like yeah, we should we should have a friendly relationship first, and then we'll the business is important, but ultimately we're people working together. Yeah, towards a common goal. Until so, things fuck up, and I've you know that's one of the things that I've learned is that there are times when it's like, hey, I like working with you, but. Uh, this shit isn't getting done and it needs to get done. Like now, like sure. you're already two weeks behind and it needs to get done now. So, um, you won't get paid. And that like, is an ex- absolutely valid conversation. And then they have their opportunity to respond Yep. as an adult of like, Oh, you're right. I did fuck that up. Yep. Or if they get mad about it, odds are they know they fucked up and they just don't want to admit they fucked up. Yep. And then you really see who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good, John. Number seven of the seven habits of highly effective people was sharpen the saw. So that means take time to improve yourself. And that is taking care of your body, uh, taking care of yourself spiritually, whatever that looks like for you, Uh, taking care of yourself cognitively. So always, you know, uh, reading and kind of growing and your knowledge and then um, taking care of yourself and and improving socially, Mm -hmm. you know, like, putting yourself out there. If, if you're someone that maybe is a little bit more introverted, have some friends. If you have some good friends, make sure that you're making contact with them. Um, you know, even throughout the week, one of the things that I enjoy about our relationship with you and Helen is, you know, if it's a Tuesday, one of us will go Tuesday. <laughs> and I think that started because Dana would just send this random text uh-huh. as, as I think I would start. And we all just decided yep. to pile on. And now yep, it's a thing, absolutely did. but it's mm-hmm. a way of us just kind of checking in with each other, like making some kind of point of contact, like, Hey, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. Just the tips, just the tips. Yeah. Tits. Um, tits. so just making, making some kind of contact that, you know, someone's thinking of you. Cause mm-hmm. you know, we're not an Island unto ourselves as much as we like to think we are sometimes. And it is so easy to connect with somebody now. Yeah. Yeah. There's really no excuse. The bar is so low. Like it's so, it's so easy. Or even just saying like, I'm I'm thinking of you. Yeah. I mean, you you and I do that. I mean, no homo. I'm just like, (laughs) Hey man, I just miss you. When you want to do the podcast, like even this, Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, I pay for zoom now just so that we can have uninterrupted, you know, conversations so that we're not just talking with each other, but we can actually see each other, which is Mm -hmm. a very human thing. Yeah. It's way better. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I like your face, Wes. Yeah, you and my mom. Of, when it's full of bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Your mom told me something different. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Sorry. Sorry, Mama. O. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> thanks, uh, Mom. So it's just Steve taking taking care of the the things that again, it's a things that you can have control over. You can have you have control over your body. Mm-hmm. You have control over. Um, it, it's spiritual. If you're a spiritual person, you can say spiritual. But if you're just a person who's looking just to have more of a thankful life, like we talked about, it could be that too. I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for the universe that I get to exist and be with these people and, and do these things. Um, cognitive, you know, we have the opportunities to read and to grow and to watch things that interest us so that we grow in our knowledge. And then again, social is just putting ourselves out there or, you know, I mean, how many friends do you really need to have? You know, having a small circle is just as important. I think more important than having a huge circle of people that maybe you don't connect with all the time, but focusing on people that you can connect with, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that it's, it's, it's people that you can trust and you've built that base. And I think that's super important too. And I think yeah, that makes sure. a happy person. That's, I think that's what makes you rich, you know, is well, there's also those things that I think the, the part that people forget about having that close network mm-hmm. is, um, it's it's knowing that there are people there, like the security of knowing that somebody is there to help you, even if you never need it. It's like insurance yeah. in a way. Yeah. Like you're almost buying insurance for your emotional and social and even physical stability where like it's possible nothing will ever happen, but I know I have this group of people I can trust no matter what, any time of the day, any day. Yeah. If I needed something, they would be there for me. Absolutely. And that's important. There's yeah. There's a very psychological need to have that support and in this world where we've where we no longer live in clans and small groups and villages and we don't necessarily interact every day nurturing and creating those relationships and those those networks and those um those small tribes that are not necessarily based on an ideology but based on a mutual respect and admiration for each other it's really important absolutely we don't do that enough no we don't no, we don't. I mean, you and I do. I think we've done a good job in the last, especially in the last like five or six years of really working towards that on yep. purpose. Yeah. It's very intentional. Um, making sure that we know that um, the people in our really close network know that we love them and care about them very much. And yeah. And being intentional go, about it, like saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, they're, they're, this happens because life gets in the way where you're like, oh, I'm tired and I don't really want to go do a thing. Uh, but you know, what? I'm going to, and I know that I'm not going to regret doing it, but I want to make sure that person knows that I care about them. Not that, not that I care about them enough to do something I don't want to do. Cause that sounds shitty, but that they know that I want to be a part of their lives on yep. a day to day. Like I don't need to tell them I didn't want to come here, but I'm here anyway. So yeah. like, look at me, I'm the martyr. Yeah. That's not what it is. That's or you're welcome. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> but it's like, it's like being intentional to make sure people know that you care yeah. all the time. And I think that's important. It's, it's important. Even with the, if you have living parents, tell them, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's just all those little points of context. You don't realize how much that just boosts someone like when Dana will give me a text in the middle of the day and just like, Hey, I'm thinking of you. I love you. I'm really busy, but I just want to take a moment. Like that energizes me. Like I can just, mm-hmm. boom, and all of a sudden oh, I'm yeah. like, I got a second wind, you know, otherwise I'm just sitting there kind of droning on sometimes. Yeah. I love those. Like Helen will. So now that we're 
when we are cross country, mm-hmm. uh, I'm three hours ahead. And so I don't want to wake Helen up, but I know about the time she wakes up, which is usually around five o'clock and almost like clockwork every day around five o'clock, I get a text message and I know it's not automated because it's not like at five o'clock. Yeah. She wakes up and one of the first things she does is says, good morning, lover. Yeah. And it, and not lover with an ER. It's lover. Lava. It's lava. Because we think it's silly. Is it L-U-V-A? Like vulva? Yeah. But oh, lava? yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, exactly. Get. It good. is. And then like, I mean, there's all these small things throughout the day where it's like an intentional desire to make sure that that person can, like, I know this is a silly thing. It's here's a habit that I have and mm-hmm. something that makes me, that helps me. I mean, it's a habit or not habit. When I fly, right before I take off, I send a text message to Helen that says, I lobe you. L-O-B-E. Yeah. Because one time I did it. Yeah, you misspelled and I it. Yeah, Misspelled it. Yeah. And it was a joke. And now f- from then on, that's what it is every single time. Dan and I do the I, same thing. We we yeah. text each other when we take off and then we text and when, when I we land. land. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's always like, I lobe you. And then I turn my phone on airplane mode so that when she responds, I get it right when I land. Yeah. That's so like just I don't it, it's just it just feels good, right? And, you know, and then these random texts like yeah. they're one of the things that I know is no helps me too when I'm feeling down is telling Helen that I love her. Like the, the other day I sent her a text. I was like, I just want to say that I love you. My life is so much better with you in it. Yeah. But it's intentional. And it is intentional. It's purposeful. It's like, I just, I, I, I just want you to know that right now. This is what I'm yeah. thinking about right now. And I want you to know that I'm thinking about it. Boobs. You boobs. are not alone. No, Christ. I am here with you. Though you're far away, I'm not gonna sing along. With this I am here to stay. <laughs> That's oh, nice. Yeah. That's nice. Was I that like good? That, yeah. 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 It was, it was I all appreciate right. you. I appreciate you, Wes. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, you for who you are. Yeah. Well, this is a this has been a long friendship and uh yes, it's it enjoyable to to do this as well to um to have this kind of meaningful contact, uh, through this podcast as well. So this podcast is a very therapeutic, uh, for me, uh, as an outlet, oh, but also to stay connected with you. Cause you're not here, mm-hmm. but even when you were here, it's, it's always fun to have you around mm-hmm. and that's what I really appreciate. So even if I get this, I would rather have this than nothing. And, uh, and that's important to, to Dan mm-hmm. and I, to have you guys in our lives, um, and such. So anyways, it's absolutely mutual. And it creates that, I mean, back to the, the point or the, the topic, it creates that habit that like intentional, we are doing this on a week to week. This is a habit we have and mm-hmm. it's not like the minute I wake up or a very yeah. specific time. Every time it is, a, it is a, a habit that we've agreed we're going to do yeah. that makes our lives better. And I look forward I to know it. it makes my life better. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, it makes it makes things not so just I'm doing mundane things mm-hmm. day after day. Yep. And like, I know like this is one thing I do appreciate about Helen too is she listens to the podcast and she you, knows Helen. she knows the value that it that it brings to me yeah. in in my emotional and personal life. Good. Uh, and so she's fully supportive of it. And she knows it's it's totally nonsense. <laughs> yeah. But it's it fun and it, it's enjoyable, but like creating these these rituals and these connections with the people we love are important yeah. and, and people need to lean into those no matter how ridiculous they are. Yeah. Well, I hope our listeners tonight, uh, kind of gain some, some insights, even if they've never read seven, um, habits of highly effective people. And if you haven't, I suggest buying that book and, and reading it. If there's places in your life that you feel inadequate or that you might want to improve, 
But even then, mm-hmm. just if you can pinpoint the things that you know you have to change and then just begin to start making small changes towards those directions, even with the things that we've kind of laid out here, mm-hmm. that you too can uh, improve your life. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the thing that I'm always thinking about is how do, how do I improve my life? How do I make my life more enjoyable, not better, mm-hmm. but more enjoyable? Like, I want to be happy. Yeah, more fulfilling. Fulfilling is a better word. That's good. Yeah, yeah fulfilling. I, I, I do. I want to give one piece of advice. Too. There's a lot of people that don't read that much because they say they don't have time or, you know, whatever they have their issues. One of the most life-changing moments in my life was in eighth grade when uh, my English teacher told me, and I, I was struggling with reading, not that I couldn't read, but I just, I didn't like reading. Yeah. And she told me to get books on tape. Why Johnny can't like, read. She was like, you'll get books. on." Well, it turned out I was farsighted and I was, I was, I would get headaches when I would read. I didn't recognize it. I love the and farsight. Then I got, and that was a different thing. <laughs> but then I got glasses and I started reading, but she was like, it's the knowledge that's important. Yeah. It not is. that it's a, not that it's a, a book, not that it's a paper book. It's the knowledge. So go get the knowledge. And if that comes through audio, yep. go get it. So yep. my point is, if you don't have time, get audible or books yep. on tape and listen to it while you're walking or in your commute or scribd. Scribd is a great one. <laughs> and you can listen to it over and over and over again, because yep. if you're listening to it, you're likely not going to get it all just like when you're reading it, but yep. you can play it over and over again. Yep. That's great. I, I 100% agree. I think that's, what's important about podcasts too, is that you can gain a lot of information. And you can listen to them over and over again. Well, folks, like thank this you. One. Yeah, exactly. Well, folks, thank <laughs> you so much for listening. Um, if you want to ever want to contact us and reach out and just um, give us your opinion or your thoughts, please feel free to. I'm at Wholesome Olson on the No Agenda Social. Um, I'm also, you can reach uh, John and I at uh, Balderdash Boys at ProtonMail.com. Drop us a message. Uh, tell us what you like, what you don't like. We appreciate any kind of feedback because even though we do this for us, uh, we always have a thing in mind of what a listener might appreciate as well. And mm-hmm. we appreciate any kind of feedback. Uh, we also appreciate any kind of donation. So if you feel it that you would like to donate, you can go to Fountain FM. You can boost us through there with Satoshis. Um, or you can go to uh, Podverse and uh, you can also boost us there with your Satoshis. And all that stuff will be, um, you know, something that John and I can kind of bank on is our future money when all mm-hmm. this goes to digital currency, which it will, because the Fed is already talking about it. Um, they're <laughs> already talking about their podcast. They're I already they talking are. about it, man. I know, I know they are. They want to do it so bad, which is a really crazy thing. Because uh, anyways, that's another podcast. Stuck I, up on I, I feel like beans. starting another podcast for myself and just I just go into conspiracy theories and just let it roll and hope I'm not sued like Alex Jones. So anyways, um, thank you folks for uh, listening to John and I and our nonsense. And uh, we love you. We love you. Bye. Cheers. Buck. <laughs>